Hi, and welcome to the Small Business Sisters podcast. If you're new here, we're Jenny and Christina, two actual real-life sisters who both happen to start their own small businesses. If you're here, you're probably a woman small business owner who is running a lot of the show by herself. Over the last eight years, we've each been in business. We've had to discover a lot of business owning on the fly. We know that running a business, a household, and maintaining mental health can be challenging because we've shed a lot of tears over it. Thankfully, we've always had each other to ask all the questions, bounce off all the ideas, and just have someone on the other end who gets it. And that's why we're here. That's why we started this podcast, to help other small business owners who are doing it all feel less alone. We talk about business strategy, our mental health journey, and all that falls in between. We're glad you're here to join our sisterhood. Hi, everybody. We are back, and today it is just Christina, and I have a fabulous guest with me. Um, Jenny this week is uh, graduating off one of her sons, her oldest son, and so just with work and life and all the award ceremonies and graduation itself and the graduation parties, we just thought, take a little breather, and I was like, I'll record it by myself. And then I said, I know the perfect guest that can come on and do it with me. And so I have Leslie with me today. And Leslie has been on before two times, right, Leslie? Yeah, I think so. Two times. Um, Leslie and I have actually never met in real life. Um, We are the like internet friends that you hear of. We started (laughs) doing a business program together in 2021. And just kind of became virtual, like, uh, accountability partners during that program. And then we just realized we had so much in common personally and spiritually and uh, family life and our husband's jobs. And so we just ended up really connecting specifically through Marco Polo, which is the best app, it if you ask me. It actually is. <laughs> it is. Um, and so Leslie and I have really insightful conversations on Marco. And so when I knew I needed to come bring somebody on that we could have a really deep conversation with, I was like, Leslie, it is. So Leslie is actually joining us from New Zealand this morning, or I say this morning, it is almost 2 p.m. where I live, um, but it is 6 a.m. in New Zealand. In and the so future. Was very, I'm a day ahead. In the future. She is, she is um, May 19th already. Um, and so thank you for waking up at the crack of dawn, Leslie, to be okay. on our podcast. Anytime. It actually works really well for me because I know that the kids will, if, even if they wake up, my husband's here to take over. So that's my I, favorite I love that so much. And we're going to talk more about New Zealand at the very end of the podcast because that's so intriguing to me. Um, Leslie transplanted from the United States to New Zealand almost a year ago, right? Yeah. In July, it'll be a year. Which is insane. Yeah. That's crazy. It doesn't feel like that. Um, But so we, before we get started, we wanted to spend a few minutes showing Jenny some love. So I already explained Jen's oldest is graduating this week, which is so, so crazy. Um, but Leslie and I have both been really touched by Jenny's real, real life of motherhood that she puts out there on Instagram and Facebook. And I can confirm that that's not just like a front. Um, She's a really, really great mom. But Leslie, I know you want to send her some love and then I'll send her some love after you. Yeah, I was just, I'm just so floored by her. I love how she involves her sons in her business. I think that's so cool. My kids are obviously still, I've I'm eight years old down to one. So they're still young enough where they can't really make any meaningful contributions. But 
the way that she involves her family in her business, I think is just stellar. And I love seeing like these massive, super buff, muscular teenage boys, like packaging these little candles, like, oh, that is so Pouring cool. the candles. So cool. <laughs> um, but also just like the way that she shows up as a mom is just like, like she is my goals. So looking forward to what it's going to be like when my kids get older, I love how she is like their biggest cheerleader. And I know she, she shared on Instagram, how she had made this massive like wall spread for all the different colleges that her son was considering. And she was saying how like they kind of, you know, were making fun of her for it. She's like, no, we're doing this. I'm like, that is the type of mom that I want, right? Like that's the kind of mom I want to be for my kids where like, it's a little annoying, but like deep down, like, you know, her kids absolutely love that they have that much Mm -hmm. support beneath them. So Mm -hmm. I just, I mean, I'm so grateful for the women who are just a few steps ahead of me. And Jenny is absolutely one of those people that I look up to. And I'm like, that's what I want to be. When I get to that stage Mm -hmm. with my kids, I want to be like Jenny. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel those. I have like chill bumps because I just am so privileged to be her little sister and watching it. But she, I think there's an element to like, Leslie, you were a really young mom. I was a really young mom. And I think no matter what age you are, you probably feel like you have no idea what you're doing. Um, But add in the fact that like society already thinks like you have no clue what you're doing Mm. in your early 20s. And Jenny was 20. So she was like younger than most people I know that have babies. She was in college. And so to watch her just so beautifully navigate, like she was always so open about like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to do my very best. And that was just such, still is like such a great example of just being where your kids are and doing what's best for them in that moment. Um, Like you always have that person you call to where you're like, I'm such a bad mom. And like, I do that to her. And she's always so great about being like, they're going to be fine. Like, they're going to be fine. They're going to live through this. They're going to, you know, they're say you're sorry and move on. Like, it's just, she's, she's a very good mentor for anybody in um, the motherhood realm. And even the fact that like, she gets mad at her kids too. Like that makes me feel better. She'll call me mad at them. And I'm like, oh, good. You're not like completely perfect, you know, but um, just really real life. And I love it. And Jen, we're thinking of you this week because my son is graduating from fifth grade and I'm hanging on by a thread emotionally. (laughs) So I can't imagine a senior, a senior, but we're here to say, Jenny, you did so good. Trevor is ready and we are all embracing you from afar as we know you like to feel your feelings and um, experience them. So we're sending that your way. And that leads us into exactly why I wanted Leslie to come on is Leslie. Okay. So Leslie is a uh, life coach. You're a life coach now. Yes, I am. But on top of that, Leslie is a minimalist. So like combining the two, Leslie uses her expertise to help moms live in the moment and like uh, create space in their life and minimalistic uh, timing and things and feelings and thoughts. Like you do such a good job of helping people create space to like just be in the moment because I think all of us get to a point like my son graduating fifth grade and I'm like where has the time gone mm. and while you are there for them every step 
it's just so important to, and I hate the word intentional sometimes, but it really is like, how can I be physically present for my kid right now? And you do such a good job giving us emails and posts and reels and actual coaching um, that helps us do that. And so I want you to just like take off in this podcast and let tell us what you want to tell us. Tell us um, like why you got to that mindset. And then we can talk about like practical ways for all of us to apply those. Yeah, absolutely. So I first kind of dove into minimalism. I think I had two babies at the time, like a two-year-old and a, a young baby. And I'd like hit that point. Like with my first kid, I was very lucky to have like a very easygoing baby. And I was like, I got this motherhood thing. It's just so easy. I mean, it's not easy, but like, like I was built for this, right? Like I can do this. Right. You're an Enneagram one. So routine is your. Oh yeah. That's top. Best thing. Top for me. (laughs) And then I had my second and I wouldn't say she was any harder, but just like the complexity of having two, like suddenly you cannot Mm -hmm. be there for them every moment of the day because there's two of them. Right. And so at mm-hmm. that point, I realized, okay, like I need more control. Again, Enneagram one flaring up there. I'm like, I just need to be in control. And so I dove into physical minimalism. I'm like, I just need to simplify my space. Like I need less things. I need less distractions. I need less stuff to manage so that I could have more time to actually be with my kids, which is where I want to be, right? But then I realized that even if I got everything nailed down perfect, like even if I had all the physical stuff in place, that mental clutter and that mental chaos was still there. And mm-hmm. I kind of figured that out at that point, but I like lived it last year when we literally sold everything, like got down to 10 suitcases. I have four kids now, 10 suitcases, moved to the whole other side of the world and we settle into our new place. We get beds for everybody, right? Like we have the furniture we need, but otherwise like we really had pared it down to just the core of what we use. Like we brought our favorite toys, we brought our favorite books, we brought our favorite clothes. And I remember having this moment, like one of the first weeks we lived here, where like kids were in school and I like wake up and I walk into my house and I'm like, I need to like, I need to organize something or I need to declutter something, but there was nothing to organize and there was nothing to declutter. Cause like we had gotten down to the absolute bare bones and I realized like, oh, it's not actually the stuff that's making me feel restless. Like it's my own brain and mm. I can work on the physical space as much as I want. But if I don't solve for that mental piece, then I'm never going to feel the peace and the calm that I'm after. And so that's why in my life coaching program, like we tackle both of those at the same time, because I know you can't just focus on one or the other. Like Gretchen Rubin has that great, great quote that um, outer order produces inner calm, which I absolutely agree with, but the reverse is also true. So inner order produces the outer calm. And you have to be working on both of those pieces at the same time if you want it to be a sustainable, lasting change. Yeah, that's so good. I have so much written down because I, Leslie knows this about me. Our people know this about me. I have ADHD. And so a lot of things that come with that is very scatterbrained and clutter. And it's ironic because clutter overwhelms me and overstimulates me, Mm -hmm. but I cannot focus long enough on a task to stay interested in organizing or I can get rid of stuff. I love taking a trash (laughs) bag. I said two weeks ago, I was like, anything that's left on the couch starting to get trashed, just Mm -hmm. trashing, trashing. Um, So I don't mind trashing. It's it's more just like the organization piece and keeping it that way. Um, If I walk into a room and there's so much clutter, I just turn around. Like I, it's so overstimulating or I'll just like stare at it. 
Um, and so what do you recommend for people like me that are more scatterbrained or clutter overwhelms them, but they don't want to do anything about the clutter or, I mean, we do need to do something about it, but hesitate to do something. How do I reset my thinking in that or reset my doing in that? Yeah. Like what are some practical things? Yeah. I think one of the best ways that you can help is to show your brain, like what your current cycle is creating. So it's super, super common. You're definitely not allowed to have like those rage declutter moments where you're like, that's it. Everything's Mm -hmm. gone. Like I remember Mm experiencing that as a kid. And I remember thinking like, when I'm a parent, I will never do that to my kids. And here like 20 years later, I'm like, oh, I get it. I get it now. It's going in the trash. Yeah, it's gone. Um, But just realize like, what are you actually wanting in that moment? Like, do you actually Mm -hmm. want clear counters? Or do you want to just feel like, okay, with yourself? Are you, are like, what are you trying to solve for? Cause there's an emotional piece there. And if you can just even be aware of that, like maybe you take the same actions, maybe you're still throwing stuff into a laundry bin, but if you can just take that step back and try to get quiet for a moment and check in like, okay, what am I actually wanting? Like, am I frustrated because something went wrong earlier today? Am I feeling overwhelmed? Cause I didn't make a plan for dinner. And now I'm just trying to control anything that I can control. Like, am I shifting Mm -hmm. my internal shame to an external blame? Like, oh, well, if the kids would have picked up their stuff, then I wouldn't be yelling right now because I wouldn't be overwhelmed. Like, and you're not even trying to solve for it. You're just trying to be aware of what that is. Mm Because if you can have that awareness piece, then it helps you just take a step back and realize like, okay, the house isn't actually on fire. Like everything's fine. Mm -hmm. Everybody's healthy. Everyone's okay. This is just like, it's annoying and I don't Mm -hmm. like it, but it's not the end of the world. So mm-hmm. getting that awareness, I would say, is the first piece. And then like figure out why you want this stuff gone, right? It, sometimes it is just a physical, functional reason. Like, hey, I need to make dinner. Counter is filled with crap. We literally just need to move it. But you can solve mm-hmm. for it in a super functional way. Like literally get a laundry basket and just shove everything in there and put it in the other room. And sometimes your brain's like, but like, no, because then like later I'm going to have to go through it and it's not in the right place. And yeah. But right now you're just fin- you're solving a physical functional problem, which is I just need to clear mm-hmm. space. Like, yeah, to be able to clear, I just need to be able to make dinner, or I just need to be able to walk through this room without stepping on a Lego or something. So your brain's gonna want to run away with like, no, we have to like do it the right way, and I need to go get organization systems, and I need to get better bins. So like, okay, maybe yes, but right now we're just solving this moment's problem, and mm-hmm. we can solve it super quickly. Like in ten seconds, problem can be solved. That's really helpful. Even on the, I'm, th- I'm in my office right now and I think of being in here working and I said clutter overwhelms me. And if you work in a creative space, it's probably <laughs> cluttered. Um, and so that's such a practical tip of like, instead of being paralyzed when I walk in, cause it's cluttered. If I need to use the table where my sewing machine is, just put everything in a basket, do what I need to do that day and then come back to it later. Cause I'll oftentimes be like, okay, well, I guess I just have to clean up now. And then I lose my to-do list, yeah. which in turn overwhelms me and then overstimulates me. So it's like a weird And especially cycle. like as a creative person, like you have those moments of flow where you're like, like I'm in the zone right now. Like I can, I could whip out all this creative stuff. And sometimes when we walk into our very cluttered, overwhelming spaces, we can get sidetracked by that. So having a plan in place, like, no, when I'm in the flow, like when I'm in the moment, I can just push everything away. I'll deal with it later and not to shame yourself for it. Cause I know, especially in my space of like organizing and decluttering, there's a lot of voices out there that are just like, 
like, don't just throw everything in a basket and hide it. Like you're just prolonging mm-hmm. the problem. And I'm like, no, I think if it works, it works. Like we don't need to layer on any more judgment and negative emotion than we already have. Like our brain is producing mm-hmm. plenty of that on its own. We don't need to shame ourselves for the experience that we're having. Like if it's working, let it work for you. Yeah, that's really good. Okay, so what? let's talk about that kind of fed us into like a, the self-judgment realm. Yes. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, so our brains are wired in a specific way just to keep us safe. It's always looking for danger, right? And the danger it funnels into, almost every problem, I should say, can funnel into one or two issues. Our brain believes that either we're not having the experience we're meant to have, or there's something wrong with us. Like we're broken, we're less than in some way. So if that's our brain's default, like we're already very self-critical. We're already very self-aware and very self-judgmental. So we don't need to add any more self-judgment on top of that. And it's hard because we're especially saturated in our society and through social media with lots of opinions, right? Like you can get on Instagram and TikTok and you have, like everyone has a platform. Everybody has a mic to voice their opinions, Mm -hmm. which can be a beautiful thing, but it can also be very, very overwhelming. Like our brain just isn't equipped to process and filter through thousands of opinions per day. But that's literally what we're doing when we're scrolling social media, right? So one thing that I think all of us can do better at is removing some of that self-judgment by removing the amount of times that we expose ourselves to other people's opinions. And instead of judging ourselves and being like, oh, I did that wrong, or I can't believe I'm still stuck in this and shaming ourselves, like what's wrong with me? Switch that. You can still ask those questions, but do do it from a place of curiosity instead of this judgment. So it could be like, oh, like check in with yourself like you would like your child like hey I've noticed you've had a hard time like keeping the kitchen clean recently what's up with that like what's going on for you is there something you need like what can we do to help you get the support that you need but from a place of love and compassion and curiosity and not like like trying to whip your butt into shape and be like what's wrong with you like why can't you keep this together like you're 30 something years old and you're still struggling with this like how are you going to expect your kids to do it if you can't do it like we don't need Mm. the drill sergeant in our heads right a lot mm-hmm. of us maybe grew up with that, and that's just sort of our internal voice, but we can still hold ourselves accountable, and we can still practice like that self-discipline, but mm-hmm. completely covered in love instead of judgment. It, it's ironic because I'm going to bring up a TikTok that I saw because we're talking about <laughs> not always exposing ourselves to TikTok, but I just saw a TikTok of a girl who used to work at Lululemon. She worked there for 10 years, and she said every staff meeting, they, they were like, okay, it's time for clearings. And they would spend about 10 minutes, and they called it clearings, where someone would say like, hey, if I seem off, it's because I got two hours of sleep last night because I have a brand new baby. And then someone else would say, if I you know, if I seem upset, it's because I have a migraine, but like, if my face looks weird, it's because I am just in pain. Mm -hmm. And then someone else is like, you know, my son's graduating this week, so I'm a little bit spacey, but I'm here. But if it feels that way, that's why. And so she said they would do these clearings before meetings so that there are so many like judgments and where you're like, what's wrong with them? Like Mm -hmm. all this stuff. And I was like, that is so healthy and good. And like, even at, from a parent standpoint of being like how you were just saying of like, Hey, you seem off. Like, how can I help? Last night, yesterday, my youngest was very off. Um, 
I kind of think it's displaced sadness about school being done next mm-hmm. week. Like he's about to go through a lot of changes. He's sad he's leaving his teacher. But he was very off last night and I did not react how like future Christina would want me to. <laughs> I can always look back and be like, nah, I probably didn't handle that well. Um, I was, I walked in from work yesterday. My house was a mess. So this kind of just goes into like, I'm your ideal client. Um, <laughs> my house was a disaster. I walk in um, and he was doing something he wasn't supposed to do. And I just completely flipped. And I know that I was harsher because of my environment. Like I know the clutter added to that. But then also being harsh of like, he hadn't been acting himself all day and I hadn't taken prep time to be like, hey, before we talk, like what's going on? Like you seem off, like you're not normally doing that. Um, So all of this is very applicable to me today. Yeah. And with that example too, like now reflecting on it, it's it's easy for us to like, okay, like our kids are just human. They're just kids. Like they still have developing brains, right? Like, of course they're Mm going to struggle. We're planning for them to struggle. That's part of raising kids, but also giving yourself that same grace, right? Like remembering like, oh wait, Christina is a human too. And like Christina has all these external factors. Like she's showing up at her kids elementary school as a sub all the time. And she's supporting her sister who's having a very emotional week. And she's trying to get through like launching a child out of elementary school, like realizing all of your Mm-hmm. external factors in your human moments totally makes sense that you snapped at him or that you showed up in a way you didn't want to like we're gonna work on it so that we do something different in the future but we don't need to like shame mm-hmm. ourselves or feel guilty about w- what happened because like of course like that's exactly what happened but maybe that's what needed wow. to happen so that you could like move to that next version of yourself right it's like a spiral you come back and you do the same yes. things every time you're like oh, I can't believe I lost it again but you didn't like you're on, you're on a higher level and you're circling back to the same situation, but you're reacting to it a little bit better every time. Yeah. that's really good. I wrote down Christina's human too. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I do. I'm, I'm really, I am, I definitely am harsh on myself daily. Like I want to grow, but I think back, I know you and I have had this conversation I look back to when my kids were toddlers and some decisions I made in parenting, like I still, those scar me. Like, Mm. And I know they scar me because I talk about them in therapy, but (laughs) um, I just told my husband too, I was like, sometimes it's really hard for me to look at pictures and videos from that time of life because I think I just want to like shake myself and be like, what are you doing? Like, look at these sweet little faces, you know? So I like though thinking like Christina's human. We know this now. What can we do? Yeah. Yeah. How can I help? And like, how can I help? Like tell myself that. How can I help you, Christina? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure this comes up a lot in therapy too, but not holding yourself to the knowledge that you have now back then. Right. Like I do this with myself too. Like look Mm. back and I'm like, why did I do that? Like that it's so obvious that that's not the right choice of what I should have done. But then realize like, no, like in that moment, like five years ago, 10 years ago, like I didn't have that awareness. Like I didn't even have the knowledge for some of the things. Like I've just been learning as I went. And just giving yourself that space and that compassion that like, I didn't know better. And even if I did know better, I didn't have the capacity at the time to do better because I was just in survival mode. Um, Mm. But it's not too late, right? Like your kids are still with you. And like, what a beautiful example to them to show them like, hey, look, this is how you evolve as a human. This is how you evolve as a parent. This is how I self-reflect and decide that I want to be different moving forward. Like best example you could give to your kids. Nobody actually wants a perfect parent because that's like impossible to live up to. True. They would move on and be like, wait, I can't 
They'd still yeah, be in therapy, therapy, but for different like reasons. Them. So, yeah, they still will. Be. I try really hard to navigate feelings with them, but they're definitely still going to be in there, <laughs> which is great. Okay, so let's move on to thought triggers. Help me, help me with that. Yeah. So I kind of alluded to this a little bit when it comes to like being very careful about what we're feeding our brain, like especially with social media. Um, but I mean. The algorithm could be on our side, right? Because the TikTok algorithm especially is like scarily accurate. I was just going to say, that's why I love TikTok because it is like, yeah. oh, here you are. Yeah. Give me, feed you what you would like. Exactly. So just being really conscious and aware of what you're consuming and what you're teaching TikTok and Instagram to, to feed you. And I think that's why it can be such a great tool is because you can consistently interact with the type of content that feeds you like that Lululemon story or... Like um, Casey Davis, have you? Do you follow her on TikTok? Possibly. I don't really know names on TikTok. Okay. I, just I think know she's faces. struggle care. She has ADHD, and she talks about like how to still function in your home with ADHD, and it's mm-hmm. it's fantastic. Ooh, she does lots. Sounds like I need to follow her. Yeah, she does lots of videos of her like just walking through a house with this. She has this epic like cleaning trash system where she just straight up bought one of those massive laundry rollers. And then she's like built mm-hmm. herself a little cleaning station so she can just walk around with her little like pincher arm and just like pick up the sock, put it in the laundry bin, pick up the piece of trash, put it in the trash. She just like moseys through her house just like mm-hmm. on her own time doing it. And I just, I love it. It's so good. So yeah, teaching the social medias and the, the platforms that you're on to feed you the things that you want to see. And so like when I talk about thought triggers, it's things that trigger those thoughts. So like, I'm not enough. I'm not doing good enough. Mm. Everyone else has it figured it out and I don't. So just realize when you get into those places and stop mm-hmm. whatever's triggering that thought. And sometimes mm-hmm. it, it really is like something as easy as turning your phone off. Like, okay, I'm getting into that space again. Other times it's not as easy to turn off, right? Like if your kids are acting up or if you're in like a real life situation where those thoughts are coming Mm -hmm. up, you can't just like check out most of the time. Mm -hmm. But just realizing like, oh, okay, I'm feeling discouraged. I'm feeling frustrated. I'm feeling overwhelmed Mm -hmm. because I'm thinking the thought that, and then fill in whatever the thought is. So like, because I'm thinking that I'm not doing enough or there's something wrong with me, or I should have this figured out by now. And you don't even have to go any farther than that. Like you don't have to solve for it. Just realizing, okay, this feeling that I have, it's just coming from this thought and mm-hmm. it's going to pass. Like I, this thought isn't like permanently tattooed onto my mind. Like it's just mm-hmm. coming through and maybe it comes through many times a day, but it's going to pass and it'll come back and we can revisit it, but it, it's not the absolute truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I love the, the idea of if you're going to take something away replace it with something else. I was so, just going to ask you that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I've seen a couple posts like this, especially around mother's day, which is this last weekend, um, adding in more play into our lives. And there's this one account. I can't remember which one it was now. They find it so we could share the post. Cause it was such a great post, but she talked about how she was having this conversation with her daughter in the backseat of her car. And her six-year-old girl was like, dad loves these things. And she like listed out all of her dad's hobbies. Like he loves doing this and he loves making this. And she listed out like her hobbies and her siblings hobbies. And then she's like, mom, what do you do? Like, you don't really have anything that's for fun. And Mm -hmm. the mom was like, I wanted to be like, yeah, I do. But then I realized she was right. Like, I don't. She hasn't witnessed it. Yeah. Or 
and specifically with this situation, like she's like, I really don't like, I don't have hobbies right now and I'm not making that time for myself. And Mm. it can be kind of a hard realization to see that like, oh, in my attempt to facilitate my kids' lives and to facilitate my spouse's life, I've kind of neglected myself. And it feels Mm. like so, what's the right word? It feels like so valiant. So like, I'm doing the right thing. Like I'm sacrificing Mm -hmm. for my people. But what we Mm -hmm. don't realize is that we're actually like taking on this martyr role. And Mm -hmm. it feels really great initially, but there's actually resentment building under it. And the problem is like, no one else is going to swoop in and facilitate our play for us. They're not going to be like, Hey, you should join this choir or you should start Mm -hmm. up this hobby, or you should pick up this new skill. Like we have to be the ones to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, so prioritizing your own play, prioritizing your own hobbies and teaching people how to treat you. So this is another amazing thing that we learn in therapy is that we teach people how to treat us by the way that we show up. So if you feel like right now in your house, you're getting zero support and no one's helping you with your stuff and no one makes time for you and you can't ever get a break. Like you can't just go in the evening, sit out on the couch and read while everyone else cleans up. It's because you've taught people that that's how you want to be treated. And it's not a conscious thing. Like it's never conscious. But the way Mm -hmm. that you've showed up over the past several years or several months has communicated to your spouse, your partner, or your kids like, oh, mom's got it. Like, she'll take care of it. She's fine. She doesn't need extra time and space because while we're in the living room, like doing family movie night, she's over in the kitchen cleaning up after us. So Mm -hmm. we're fine. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And it can be really hard to see that. But it's actually the best news because if you're the ones who taught people to to treat you like this, then you can be the one to teach them differently. And it's actually a lot easier than you think because, I mean, there are some exceptions for sure, but most of us are not married to super selfish, evil people. Like we're just married to other (laughs) humans, right? And most of us have Mm -hmm. not birthed these egomaniacal, horrible children who just don't care about anyone else. Like, no, like our kids are good people, right? So Mm -hmm. again, like it's really hard to step back and see it, but it's actually the best news I can give you because you kind of got yourself into this position and we can get you out. So I have a a practical thing you can help me with is, so obviously I have been, I haven't been working full time at the school, but till the end of the year, I was helping part time. And my husband works exclusively from home now. And so what happens is the boys come home. So my husband's here with them. Um, but he is still working mm-hmm. at home, right? And then I stay just a little bit later at school um, and then come home. So they're home for about 30 minutes before I get home. And because there's no uh, facilitation of like what needs to happen, they end up just watching TV or, you know, doing X, Y, Z. And I go back and forth because I want them. I decompress mm-hmm. by scrolling. TV, reading, whatever. Like that's how I decompress from a really long day. And so I like like that they do that. But then I come home and I'm overwhelmed because when I walk in the door, there's laundry on the couch or, you know, like dishes in the sink or whatever. And they help. Like my boys all have chores. My husband does everything. So I can't complain because since I've started working at the school, like he does, he does everything. Um, But like, how do I, what's a practical way to teach them? Basically, I know I could tell them, hey, these are the things you need to do when you get home from school, but how do I 
create a habit of that, right? Like where I don't have to be here saying, communicating like, hey, this is what you need to do. Um, Do you have any like helpful tips for that? Yeah. So I think you already have a little bit of awareness here on this, but like, why do you want them to have this stuff done before you get home? Like there's like the physical Mm -hmm. practicality side of like, oh, it'll just be easier Mm -hmm. if I can walk in and like, you know, the after school reset is already on its way. Mm -hmm. But like, if we go one layer deeper, like, what do you think you'd be able to feel? Say we got that magic wand, ding, your kids do the after school routine completely independently Mm -hmm. on their own. You walk into whatever your dream ideal situation is. What would you be able to feel in that moment? Yeah, I think it is just, I know that I'm going to be overstimulated, which is going to cause me to be angry. Yeah. So you'd be able to. And I think I, I have to release too that like my house is not going to be clean 24 seven. I'm not a, like a super clean person. I just don't like walking into, like I said, clutter. Yeah. So if like the clutter was gone and they and like, they had done all the things and you walked into your house, like in not a perfect, but a manageable state, what would you be able to feel? Would it be like calm or. Like what's, well, what's the emotion I have three boys. For? I don't know that calm <laughs> is ever going to happen when I walk into my house. Um, what is the emotion? I think, okay, I think when I walk into clutter, I automatically start commanding at them to clean. And if it were clean, maybe I know I wouldn't come in angry. I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense. Would you feel like you had like a greater capacity to connect with them and you could show up as like, I'm I'm trying to figure out what is the type of mom Mm. that you want to be in this moment? Like if the clutter wasn't there and you weren't overstimulated, how would you want to show up? Yeah, maybe that is it that I would just want to be with them. But I do, I I like to spend time with them later because I do come home and like I come home from school and work on beautiful chaos for an hour before dinner. Mm -hmm. So I don't instantly connect with them. So now that I'm talking with you, I'm like, why don't I just let them do whatever and do that later Yeah, when I can actually connect with them? Yeah. That might be Yeah, I don't know the emotion that I would want to feel except just like, oh, it's clean. Yeah. (laughs) And I don't know if that's like, if that's the, like, I don't know. I, th- I think that comes from, hey, everybody's house is clean all the time. Mm. Why is it mine? Yeah. Yeah. That's usually what it comes down to is like these expectations that we have for ourselves that we don't even know that we have. And uh-huh. sometimes they don't even serve us. Like they don't even make sense for our life. Like mm-hmm. having this thought like, oh, my kitchen counter should always be clean. Like we should always put the dishes directly into the dishwasher as soon as they're dirty. Like that's a should, mm-hmm. right? And maybe that works for some people. But like, why does that have to be my should? When it doesn't even mm-hmm. make sense. So yeah, with, with a situation like that, I think getting really clear on like, what are the expectations that I have for myself? Maybe what are the hidden expectations that I don't even realize I have for myself, for my kids? Like, well, kids are supposed to clean up after themselves after school. Like, are they? How would we know that that's what's supposed mm-hmm. to happen? Right? Like, it's all just made up, right? Like, there's no eternal truth that like children must put their lunch boxes away the second they get home or else they're doomed to failure in the long term, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's something that all of us really need to work on, especially with all these voices mm-hmm. like we've been talking about. There's so many opinions out there 
and just giving yourself permission to let go of anything that doesn't work for you. Like they're not living in your yeah. house. You are living in your house. So mm-hmm. you, you have a hundred percent control and you can give yourself that permission to do whatever works for you. It's like when we were little and we played house and we thought it was like the best thing ever. And now that we are actually mm-hmm. doing house, we're like so freaked out that everyone's not going to approve of it. It's like mm-hmm. newsflash. Nobody lives in your house except for you. So like yeah, you can literally except choose. For you. you can literally choose. Yeah, that's good. That's a lot for me to process, but I'm going to process it. Good. I like that though, saying like, what are expectations for after school and like figuring that out so that I think what it comes down to is I have these expectations that I've never even set for anybody. Mm-hmm. And then I get home and I'm upset and I'm upset. My expectations haven't been met. Yeah. Well, and I've seen, like, <laughs> I've saw someone recently and she just goes straight to the park after school. Like she has younger kids. And she picks her kids up from daycare and she just goes straight to the park or like straight to like a, like a little nature trail for like an hour, hour and a half after school. Cause that's what her kids need. Like they need to be decompressing mm-hmm. outside and she doesn't go straight mm-hmm. home. Like, in fact, she tries to stay out of her house as long as humanly possible until she has to come <laughs> home for dinner. And mm-hmm. in my mind, the first time I saw that, I'm like, no, like you have to get home. Like, <clears throat> like you got to put the food away. Like you got to put your lunches away. You got to put those stuff away. You got to like get them doing homework. And I was like, no, you don't like, you don't have to do any of that. Like you can yeah. build your after-school routine however you want it to be. And the great news is yes. next week, there isn't going to be an after-school routine. So everything is going to get shuffled around yeah, again next, anyways. Yeah. Well, I actually have been thinking about that as like, oh, we have to establish this, like a summer schedule too, just because it is, it, um, I remember when they were little wanting to like jam pack everything in so that we weren't home a lot. Um, but now that they're older and my husband and I both work from home, like it's hard to navigate where I live in Texas. It's super hot. And so how can we, you know, enjoy outdoors, be outside, have energy out, but also like let them be kids inside too and have screen time and all yeah. of that. But I know that there is, and a lot of that pressure comes from society too, but mm-hmm. summer is always a little challenging for that. Yeah. The one thing I will say is that it's really bizarre being on the other side of the world right now in a different hemisphere because we're going into winter, like super cold right now. And so all the people Uh that I'm following online are like, get your summer system whipped into shape and like, make sure you have your snack plan, like dialed in and make sure you have like, get all this stuff ready. And I'm like, this is so interesting that like, I, Mm -hmm. if I was back in the States that I would be feeling that anxiety too, right? Mm -hmm. Like I gotta get my systems in place. Like I need to figure this out. But like, I'm not going into summer. And in fact, we have year round mm-hmm. school here. So like the breaks are a little bit mm-hmm. different, but it's just really interesting to kind of notice oh, that interesting, like how we feel like it's this need, like I have to get these systems in, but even just a little reframe of like, you know what? I think it would really benefit me to have a system. Like, I think I should, I think I will. Like, I think it would help me or I get to make a system for summer. Like, isn't that cool that I'm the one in charge that no no one's handing out, like, you must do this with your children for the next three months. Mm -hmm. So even just that little shift of instead of like, oh, I should be, or I have to, it's like, oh, I get to, or I think it would be a good idea for us. And your kids are old enough where you can take in their input. But yeah, again, just be really conscious of those messages that we're getting and take what works, but you can leave everything else that doesn't. Yeah, that's so helpful. Um. Okay, so before we end, I want to ask you two questions. You just said you're in New Zealand, which I remember at Christmas time too, Marco pulling with you and it was like summer yeah. in New Zealand for Christmas, Beautiful. which was probably an adjustment your first year. Yeah, I mean, I came from California, so I'm already used to having like a more mild Christmas. 
but mm-hmm. it was really bizarre. Like, so in New Zealand, they have year round school and then they combine summer vacation with Christmas because Christmas isn't summer. So you get six weeks off in like December, January. So basically the entire month of January and then like the last two weeks of December, everyone's off. And then you start the new school year beginning of February. So if you imagine like the craziness of May, December, right? Like the craziness of May, end of school combined mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. actual December, like that's what yeah. it was. Wow. It was wild. Wow. And it was hard too. Cause like, I'm used to like experiencing Christmas and winter where like your body's slowing down you're getting cozy. You're spending time with your people. Like it's a slow feeling, but mm-hmm. here it was the opposite. Like it's all this energy and summer and heat and like, let's get out and do all these things. So like, I'm very much looking forward to this winter because I realized my body hasn't had that slowdown for like 18 months because we moved here mm-hmm. end of winter, went straight into spring, summer, fall, and now we're finally getting some slowdown time. So that's mm. been one of the biggest adjustments is switching out the seasons. Like my body's like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. So let's give an example. So if someone... I'm going to give your handles in our intro so you don't have to tell them how to follow you. We'll send them there. Um, but once they follow you, uh, how do they, one, sign up for your newsletter? Because I get your newsletter and it's filled with exactly what this podcast was, like tons of tips and tricks and and hard questions to ask yourself to change your mindset. How do they get on your newsletter? And then also, uh, how can they work with you? And what does that look like since you're across the world? Yes. So I have a free video training called Cancel Your Clutter and Chaos, and that's the best way to hop on my email list. You get a free video and you're automatically put on my list. Um, And I just walk you through three things that, three lies that you're probably believing that are keeping you stuck in chaos and clutter. Um, So go grab that. It's on the links in my bio and on my website. It's pretty easy to find. Sign up for that. You'll get a free video training. It's like 10 minutes long, and then you'll also be on my list. Um, And then if you want to work with me, I actually work completely on Zoom. So I can work with anybody anywhere in the world. And I have a program called Reclaim Your Space where I work um, with you one-on-one. It's a personal coaching program. And I work with clients for nine weeks and we implement these six systems that I've created for your home. But we also tackle the mindset piece at the same time. So I help you declutter your physical space and get systems in place there to simplify that. And I also help you simplify and clear up all the mental chatter you have going on in your brain. Because we know how much those two interact with each other and work mm-hmm. together. So good. I hope all of you go check Leslie out. Follow her on social media. She posts amazing, like I said at the beginning, just amazing insight, amazing help for all of us. Um, so before we go, I want to know what's one thing that you wish you had in New Zealand from the United States? Like what do you miss most about the United States? And then also what's one thing that you're glad you left behind in the United States? Yes. Well, aside from the obvious answer of family, like if I could just move our family here, we would literally stay here forever. We love it here. Um, But I do miss the convenience of like a good target because I didn't realize, Mm -hmm. but here, and I think it's because of like the European influence, but there aren't many stores that just have everything. Like I can't walk into a store, grab my gallon of milk, pick up another pack of diapers and grab the shirt that my son needs for school the next day. Like those are all three separate shops. So if Mm. I want food, I have to go to a food store. And if I want clothing, like I have to go, they have stores that have like a little bit of, you know, like clothes and toys and home goods, but there isn't a store like Target or like Walmart where like everything's there. So it's Mm. kind of nice because it's slowed down like my consuming and spending. Because if I want something, like Mm -hmm. I have to go to like usually two or three shops to get the stuff. It's no longer convenient. Yeah, but it is 
I do miss it, especially having four young kids. We're like, I don't want to haul like four kids are in and out of car seats into three different stores. So mm-hmm. I do miss. Do you the have delivery there? Sure. They don't even really. I mean, they do, but it's not nearly as easily accessible. Like Amazon Prime isn't really a thing. Like they have Amazon, mm-hmm. but it's yeah, shipping times are way slower. It's like we're an island, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They have a courier service for most oh, stores, yeah. but even that is pretty pretty delayed. Like it's it's definitely not like same day delivery or even two day delivery situation. So I was just talking to someone about when my kids were toddlers, what I would have given for curbside (laughs) or delivery services, because there were times I was like, got to take them both into Target because I need this package of pull-ups. Like Mm -hmm. I, and then there were times where they would be napping and I'd be like, I would love a coffee right now, just a Starbucks coffee. And now you could just Uber Eats it or DoorDash it or, but at the time you obviously couldn't. So I was thinking about that. I was like, oh, that would have been awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I miss okay, that. Okay. Now, what do you not – like, what are you like? Thank God we left that in the United States. Yes. So I am so relieved. And I didn't even realize how much I needed this space until we got here. But to just have a step back from the craziness that is shootings in America right now, like school shootings, yeah. general shootings, like we left – America right around the same time as Uvalde. And so I was still reeling from that. I show Mm -hmm. up in New Zealand. I'm enrolling my kids in school. (laughs) And I actually, I remember walking in to the school office for the first time and I go like to pull the door and it's locked. I'm like, of course it's locked. Just an elementary school. What was I thinking? And so I sort of like knock on the door and I wave in there and people are kind of looking at me weird. And then like after a few seconds, somebody walks in and they open the door for me. And I realized it wasn't locked. I was just like pushing and I should have been pulling. And they're like, come on in. And I was like, oh, sorry, I thought it was locked. And they're like, no, it's never locked. And I was like, in my head, I'm like, but it's an elementary school. And in their heads, mm-hmm. like, but it's an elementary school. Why would we lock the door? And it just like boggled my mind that one, like we don't have these yeah. massive gates around the school. It's not locked down. Mm-hmm. Like, but then I looked it up and the last school shooting in New Zealand was a hundred years ago. Oh, like, wow. Let's just sit with that for a second. That's the dream. Like yeah, it's not even a thought on their minds. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. it's wild. And they, they're still incidents. Like, they had the mosque shooting, when was it? Several years ago. But, like, right after that happened, Parliament and their Prime Minister was like, no, none of that. Like, never again. Not We're done with again. automatic rifles. Like, we can, we'll take those back now. And everyone yeah. was, like, happy to do it. And, like, there was some pushback because, you know, they need, you know, rifles for protecting their lands, their farms. But, like, yeah, we don't need, we don't need the level of automatic rifles that was used in that in that horrible attack. So yeah, I didn't even realize like what a huge relief that was to not have mm-hmm. to worry about that every day. And I, I, mm-hmm. we plan to come back to America. Like our plan is to be here for a few years and come back. But like, I swear every week there's some new news story. And I'm like, how am I supposed to go back? Mm-hmm. How am I supposed to take my kids back into that country? Which is like, yeah, something I never thought I would say as an American, but here we are. Yeah, for real. Yeah, I mean, I live in Texas, so I'm probably in one of the most gun-friendly states there is, if not the most gun-friendly state. And it's, like, really hard to live here right now um, as someone who just, well, one, my friends don't love when I post about school shootings, you know, because it, whatever. But on the other hand, too, like, I've gotten to the point where I'm like, listen, these three beings are the most important people to me. And I will do everything at all costs, even if it's loose friends over what I'm saying to know. And this is even like 
awful that I'm saying this, but heaven forbid it happened at one of their schools. I know that I used my voice in a way that I could to prevent Mm -hmm. it from happening. And so even saying that, like it could happen at one of their schools. I mean, I, I'm subbing the front office at our school right now. And every single day you think about it. I mean, there's not, I mean, it's crazy that yours isn't even locked because there are three buttons that I have to push for people to even get in, Mm -hmm. um, to the building. And so and we have massive gates and all of this. So I am very jealous that you live in an environment where you're not even thinking of that all the time. But it's also, um, I just hope there's there's change made here, even if it's a little bit at a time, like um, protecting the most vulnerable in our communities is, I hope that the United States does better of doing that. But Absolutely. I'm glad that you left that behind. And I am so grateful that you joined me today. It's almost 7 a.m. your time now. So you get to start, go start your day. I do. Um, but I miss you. I have never again met Leslie in real life, but we chat all the time on Marco and um, it's been a minute since we got to chat. So um, I just, you're awesome. I value your friendship. And uh, if you, if you're wondering what Marco Polo is, it's actually an amazing, they're actually doing a campaign. I don't know if you saw this, Leslie, they're doing a campaign right now for moms specifically. Um, I think of I how see Marco that Polo helps motherhood. Yeah. And it really, it would have helped me a lot when you feel so lonely in the, specifically the beginning stages of motherhood, because you don't leave your kids as much. Um, at least I didn't. And so it's basically voicemail, but with your face. So Leslie can watch my messages anytime. And then I can watch her messages anytime. And then we can um, interact in real time if we're awake at the same time. Um, but that way you get to see each other's face. You, you're not on FaceTime where you both have to be interacting right then and there because there's so much happening. But you still, it's just different than a phone call. Like yeah. you, can, you can see exactly what they're saying. But again, it's a voicemail where you can listen whenever whenever you want. So. And a lot more flexible. If you don't have Marco Polo, you should download Marco Polo. It's great. Yeah. It's a great I can't app. tell you how many times I'm like talking with a friend and then I like stop it for a second, yell at my kids, someone breaks something, and then I hop right back on. And I'm like, anyways. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure it's great flexible. for you being so far away from yeah. friends and family. Definitely. So, well, thank you for joining me. I yes. appreciate it. Thanks so much for And everybody me. go follow Leslie. If you love the podcast, we would love if you'd subscribe and leave us a review. Every positive review helps other small business owners to find us. Remember, don't do life alone. We're better together. For more content, go follow us on Instagram at underscore small business sisters. Make sure to introduce yourself because we love following and supporting other small businesses. And if you're interested in being a guest or advertising with us on the podcast, visit smallbusinesssisterspodcast.com.